This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Mavericks. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW, the Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. There is no Evan Grant. We're Evan Free today. Uh, But joining us on our landline is the one and only Brad Townsend. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm just peachy, just a normal week in Mavsville. You in Mavsville. How do you like getting back on this, yeah, this you know, What is a normal week in Mavsville now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it, you know, I'm getting, it's like riding a bike. I'm, uh, I'm back and I'm pedaling furiously. And crashing all the time. Kind of like that Terrence Williams when he rode that electric bike. <laughs> That's, <laughs> what what like that. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. As far as I know, I'm not impaired. Yeah. So hopefully okay. I can get through it. Okay, the results are the same. Well, today, as we're recording this, it's Tuesday morning, and so today... Uh, It'll be different by Tuesday afternoon yeah, when you listen right. to this. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is supposed to be rejoining the team today, and so this has been quite an episode uh, in, in Mavericks lore, uh, where the, the, uh, the first-round draft pick last year, uh, we had lots of reports, uh, including yours, that uh, talking about him being the prospects of him being traded and, and eminently... And then, uh, then he mysteriously developed uh, different problems, uh, back problems, a little bit of a cold or something like that. He didn't go on the road trip. And then, uh, and then we had lots of different other things happen, and now he's going to come back. And now it seems like all is well. So uh, I know I kind of characterized that kind of quickly, but I wonder, you know, uh, what's been your take of all this situation? Well, I've been told that uh, this is, Five percent about Carlisle and Dennis butting heads over Dennis's decision making, and Carlisle being uh, naturally hard on point guards. And but ninety-five percent of this is about Luka Doncic, and it's not a personal Luka Doncic problem be, between uh, Smith and Luka. And in fact, both of them they're friends. And Luka, uh, after yesterday's game. Uh, he reiterated, hey, I want Dennis back. We need him. I love the things he does on the court. But, but the issue is that uh, Dennis is seeing, Dennis and probably more importantly his agents, are seeing a case where Luca is dominating the ball when the, when the two of them are on the court together. And uh, his agents in particular don't see a real future uh, for Dennis as a six-foot-two shooting guard in essence, when he's on the court with Luca, Yeah, you know, this is the thing that was an issue coming into the season because, we, as we know, uh, the NBA is gravitating away from the James Harden uh, model that, that Mike D'Antoni has in, in Houston where he dominates the ball and he's the one who's, who's scoring the ball. He's, you know, he's scoring 40 points a game. We're, we, you know, the, the idea is that we'll have, you'll have multiple 
playmakers on the, on the floor at one time, which sounds great and, uh, and I think really works well when you've got the right personnel. I don't know that it uh, was working so well with the, with the Mavericks, um, and, and I think the way you capsulize that is, is excellent, and, and, the, and really what is the problem here is that Dennis is just used to having the ball. Uh, he's, he's used to having the ball his entire life. It's been very difficult to him to adjust to this different way, and when you watch the Mavericks play, uh, Luca is dominating the ball. You know he's not giving it up uh, a lot, and and I except to for to expect someone to take a shot. Uh, the ball is not going through him, and then going to somebody else, then coming back, and and it's three you know three people later, and then Luca's got the ball again. That's not what's happening. Correct, and uh, at various times this year, Rick Carlisle has emphasized the need. And going back to what you said about the way the NBA is, has trended. Uh, he says it's critical to have two attackers on the court. Well, if you look at it from that standpoint, th- th- these two guys are complementary. One is definitely a rim attacker. Uh, one is kind of a uh, get into the pain and more and can hit the, the, the floaters and the pull-ups. And so from that standpoint, you would think, hey, the, the, the Mavericks can attack from two points on the floor, so everything's great. But, again, it just goes back to, I, you know, I spent, after Dennis was drafted, I went to Fayetteville, North Carolina. I spent two days with his family. I drove around. His father took me around and showed me where, he, where Dennis came up from the hard scrabble. And uh, Dennis was bred to be a point guard. He, is the, he has always been the quarterback of his team. And so uh, while he likes Luca personally, it's just an incredibly difficult adjustment. And then when you factor in the fact that his coach is hard on him, naturally hard on him, and, uh, and at times it seems like uh, Rick is not as hard on Luca. In fact, not at times. I mean, you, you never see Rick getting on Luca, and you rarely see Rick getting on Brunson. So I think, uh, you know, again, while it may be only 5%, it's definitely a factor there. I guess I'm just to make sure, and I understand the the ego part of it, and 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 then you also get into, well, why am I the one having to change my game? Why does this all fall on me to make this work? Uh, if there's a little more equitable distribution of both of us sacrificing, okay, but now it's why am I? So I understand that from a a, a psychological standpoint and an ego standpoint, but it it, it just it just amazes me that a, a player, and this isn't really Dennis Smith Jr. This, this is just where we've gotten to in the sports, in the sport where a player ha- in his rookie contract, where you're not even halfway through your second year, you're already saying, "Oh, you, well, you know what? This isn't going to work." <laughs> You know, right. how many games have you actually played together to say it's not going to work? And, and, and just to take uh, – and, and look, you know, athletes are exercising their leverage more than they ever have before, and they have leverage. I understand that. But it, it just seems to me, one, either remarkably short-sighted that, you know, well, hey, look, this hadn't worked in 25-plus games, so it's not going to work. Or two, it's just that the other side of it to me would be like, well, you know what? He can't play this other way. 
we need to get him out of this before everyone else recognizes it and, and moves on while he still has value and he still has a stature. Well, I mean, what, is there any way, is any of that at work here, do you think? Yeah, they're, they're uh, between the rock and the proverbial hard place, both sides, the Mavericks and Dennis and his agents. So imagine, it, let's just look at it from like a normal fan or reporter uh viewpoint. Imagine taking out an advertisement along these lines. Uh, hey, everybody, I just got this shiny Corvette last year. It's got a couple of scratches now, but it can easily be mended. Uh, the Corvette runs like new, I promise, but the problem is I got another Corvette that's the new model. It roars, it zips, chicks love it. I can't imagine driving anything else. It's impractical for me to have two Corvettes. But the thing is, I need full value for last year's Corvette. I hope you understand. And, oh, by the way, I'm having to keep this uh, other Corvette uh, in the garage for now because it doesn't want to come out. Uh, but there's plenty of video and, and, and photos of what the Corvette was doing before. Well, here's where we are now. Dennis has got to get out of the garage. He, what, if he doesn't want to do it for the math's sake, He's got to do it for his sake. Okay, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna give the the Mavericks anything close to full value while they are in this situation. That's where we are. Yeah, and that's what uh, I think that there might be an assumption on the part of some fans that oh well the trade didn't happen and now Dennis is coming back so now everything's been worked out mm -hmm. and uh, and he's no. going to play for the Mavericks and that that's not the case, right? No, not whatsoever. It's some have portrayed it that way, but again, that's the Mavericks, quite understandably, putting that spin on it. But can you have a scenario now where it's like, look, you don't want this, we don't want this, but we, need, we may need to play this through till the end of the year and trade you <laughs> after this season. That is what happened yeah. with all of this getting out. You're going to have to suck it up. We're going to have to suck it up and make it work. Uh, let's go from here. Do you, do you think that's the most likely scenario at this point? I think so. I think given the fact that the Mavericks have not found a deal, you know, part of that can be, again, the fact that they were kind of pushed against the wall and, uh, sure, teams came forward with uh, maybe 60 cents on the dollar offers, and they've lost valuable time. Uh, you know, Dennis hasn't been on the court in 10 days, and uh, now, you're, now the clock is ticking, and there's, what, 16 days between now and the February 7th trade deadline. Could they still find a deal between now and then? Yeah, and certainly they'll be working hard to do that. Uh, and then I think maybe the other, the other scenario, the other factor I'm hearing in this is that the Mavericks would like to package Wes Matthews in any deal. And uh, and again, it's been described as a uh, he's been described as a sweetener or a trade chip. And I talked to him and wrote about this uh, while I was on the road trip with him. We just got back last night. Um, he loves those conversations so too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, he, he was great with me and, uh, you know, kind of the frustration kind of came out. And I really don't think it's affecting his performance. He's having his best yeah. year as a Maverick. Yeah. Uh, but, again, he, he uses it as another chip on his shoulder, uh, putting it upon uh, the other chips he's already got stacked on there to just go out there and play his uh, butt off. But, but from a personal standpoint, he can't. He, he's a great community guy. He's done everything the Mavericks have asked. He's coming off, uh, you know, he fractured his leg last year, worked his tail off to 
to get back on the floor this year. He's doing everything that's been asked, and then yet, you know, when he any time he reads something about himself, it's about how he can be how he can help get the Mavericks somebody better. And he's in the last year of his contract, and that certainly doesn't help his his bargaining uh, going forward. I thought that you know the the point that you made about uh, about Dennis getting back and playing better. I, I was thinking about that when I was watching uh, Wes in the game against Milwaukee. Of course, he's from Wisconsin. He was a Mister Wisconsin basketball, just as Devin Harris was, um, and I'm sure that motivated him somewhat too. But I'm sure he was also thinking, you know what? If they're going to want to trade me, I want to look like more than just a sweetener in this deal. I want to look like I am bringing something to the table here. I mean, that's just what motive, as you said. He's always looking for something to motivate himself, and, and he certainly finds it. Uh, yeah, and, and, well, let's, Dennis can take a lesson from that. Yeah, absolutely, and that was my point, is that he needs to do, to do that. Let's talk about uh, a couple of different things here. Uh, first of all, I guess I should ask – well, first of all, I got three things here. Barry Horn, uh, a former member of this podcast, wanted me to, to get this in today, that if they do indeed trade Dennis Smith, the Mavericks trade Dennis Smith basically because of Luka Doncic – that Luka Doncic will cost will have cost the uh, the Mavericks three first round draft picks. This is a pretty good line. Actually, it comes from one of his mm-hmm. one of his sons. Uh, <laughs> well, well yeah. I'll tell you what, and that's true, and uh, and that's one of the reasons that the Mavericks are taking a, a hard line on this. They're they're digging in. They're not going to accept. Uh, my understanding is that what they would like in return is a is a young player of comparable ability, and preferably one of Dennis's. 2017 lottery classmates. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, yeah. they would gain one of those picks, one of those three picks back. Yeah. Right. And that's when I told Barry when he told me that, by the way. So yeah. we, we have to wait and see what they could get for him. Right. Uh, but, you know, to me, when you look at this, uh, well, this roster and, and you watch Luca play, and of course I'm fascinated by him just like everybody else is, you know, he, you know, he thinks, you know, I, I'm sure that what you said earlier is, is uh, the thing that bugs Dennis is that look, Luca, he makes mistakes out there, right? He dribbles into the lane, nothing happens, and he gives it up. But then you watch him, he comes down the floor, and he's driving down the, the right side of the floor, and he whips a pass through all of that over onto the, to the left corner where, you know, uh, where Dorian Finney-Smith makes a three-pointer. As a matter of fact, he did it two times down the floor. It's, it's those kind of plays that are so dazzling and, and show such a great court sense and knowing – what the situation is and knowing where the players are. And then maybe that's not what Dennis is seeing. So my point to you is that I don't see when you have a guy who's a playmaker like, like Luca is what you need to have is finishers. You need to have guys that, that can get to the hole or going to make that three point shot. And I feel like that this season, even though, as you pointed out, Wes is having one of his better seasons uh, Harrison Barnes at, at times his three point uh, accuracy has been very good, but there have been too many uh, days as there were uh, Monday against uh, Milwaukee when he was just terrible from the floor. Uh, and uh, this team needs more guys, more shooters, more guys who can uh, finish what Luca is starting. Well, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I think that uh, they've been. Their, the big hope was that uh, Harrison Barnes was small forward. That's and today's small forward needs to be able to make three pointers. And last night he was 0 of 8 on three pointers. And for the past couple of weeks he's been in a horrendous slump. Now he started the season great. He was shooting well over 40 percent from three point 
distance. He's actually still uh, entering last night. He had the highest percentage on the team at just right at 40%. So maybe this is a lull. Um, look, there's no one working harder than Harrison Barnes, but I think that's definitely a concern going forward. Now, is this is part of this uh, from the lack of having a second attacker to open up space um, on the court? Would Dennis be alleviating some of these problems? Uh, would there be times when um, – when uh, Harrison would be on the floor with J.J. Barea, who, you know, this hasn't come up, but I wrote it today. The Mavs are 20-18 and 18 with Barea, and they're 0-8 without him. So that's a significant factor in what's going on here. And, but there's no getting Barea back. So the hope is that, they, that Dennis can fill this void. And, and I, I don't know this, but I wonder if part of the, the problem that arose between Dennis and, and the Mavericks is, you know, Rick Carlisle, in this last road trip, stated when he was asked about uh, comparing Larry Bird and and, and uh, Luca, the first words out of his mouth: "Well, they they played two different positions. Luca is a point guard, right?" And yeah. that was the, that was the most definitive thing I've seen. Or and I've asked various Mavericks people: that's the most definitive comment that Rick has made about what he thinks Luca is. And, then, and so, and so, perhaps I wonder if, in these conversations, or or if Rick shared this with the team, uh, there was any talk about Dennis coming off the bench and 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 being that second team point guard. And, and that and, would be another issue. Yeah, and I, I, this this is another one of my questions, I guess, and, and it kind of wraps all this up. And it's what Kevin mentioned about the team being built around. Do you think that they went into this season? convinced in believing that Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. could work together. And once they saw Luca, they just, it altered their idea of who he was as a player and how much they should run through him. Or, or do you feel that, um, that they felt that this was going to be an issue all along, and that that Dennis was going to have to change his uh, mode of attack to fit in to Luca. Uh, which where do you come down on that? Where, where do you think that this organization was going into the season about the viability of both of them working together? Well, the first scenario you laid out is almost word for word with a conversation I had with a well placed Maverick source. They. Again, when I go back to my initial statement about this being 95% about Luca, it's it's the Luca, it's the fact that Luca has emerged in such a profound way that has put the franchise uh, in overdrive in a different, in a higher uh, trajectory than what anybody thought. They thought that he had point guard skills, but they they didn't know that he as a secondary point guard or a complementary sort of guy. Yeah, exactly, and so. It's abundantly clear to anybody who watches the Mavericks they're they're better off when Luca's got the ball. He's averaging more assists than uh, Dennis ever has. He's scoring at a higher clip. He's shooting at a higher percentage. He gets to the free throw line more often, and great things happen when he's got the ball in his hands. Now, in the short term, they got to get Dennis on the floor and attacking from that other spot and giving him two attackers. It's going to make everybody better. But in the bigger picture, Luca is just a lot better, a lot quicker than anyone imagined. 
in their wildest dreams within the Mavericks organization. Now, let me ask you this. So when they talk about that and the different trajectory, uh, they weren't really talking about this year, were they? They were just talking about long-term? Long term, yeah. I think you know Rick, Carlisle, and the staff—they're going to keep pushing for trying to get into the playoffs. That's their job. That's their mentality. Right. But this is about the future. And uh, if Dennis, if Luca is going to be the point guard of the future, which certainly he is, they need him to—they need him to go through the mistakes. They need—they need him. This this year is not a wasted year by any standpoint. Uh, just the past couple games, is Car- he, he struggled shooting from the field. He says he's missing open shots, but Carlisle pointed out last night when asked him about uh, Lucas shooting the last couple games, he was three for fourteen uh, a couple of games ago, and he was uh, I forget what six of seventeen last night. Carlisle says that teams are finding creative ways to to uh, attack him and double team him and try to take the ball out of his hands, and he's got that's just part of his adjustment. Well. The rest of the season's got to be used for making Luca the best he can be going forward. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to envision all of this, you know, because um, because we know that they're going to have uh, at least fifty thousand dollars in cap space after the season, right? Fifty million. I'm sorry, fifty thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm living in the. I, I think you, the '60s. I now. think it's very clear what your expenses are versus an <laughs> okay. NFL team. Well, yeah. You're talking sports writer. Uh, yeah, sports writer okay. money. Yeah. Yeah, fifty million in cap space. Now let's go over that just a little bit because if we're talking long term here, what they're going to do. So the expiring contracts on this team are DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews, right? Correct. Uh, and so uh, I would not expect either one of those guys to be back next season. Would you? Uh, well, Wes, no, I don't expect him to be back. Yeah. Uh, I, I, unlike some people, I, I don't know about Jordan. Okay. We'll see. I mean, yeah, he certainly there's certainly lapses in uh, his his uh, shall we say effort, but the but the guys last time I looked he was second in the NBA in rebounding. He's the Mavericks have been uh, a joke. Oh, absolutely. wise in the last five years, no one's saying that about them now. I mean, they they're they're they've been a top ten defensive team this year, and they've gone from the bottom of the league in rebounding to you know, being at times a top five rebounding team this year. So, what's going to be the whole Boogie Cousins who, who thing? Be, who are they going to put it? Who are they going to find that's better than what he's been? I mean, isn't that going to be the whole Boogie Cousins question? Well, it could be, but I mean, uh, would you rather at this at this point as we sit right now? Would you rather uh, put your money on? Would you rather uh, have what you have going forward, DeAndre in? the middle something you it's a known quality quantity or you're gonna roll the dice on boogie who's just starting off in his uh return from account. oh i know yeah but to me that yeah. seems to be the question because you have the money to, to address that position and and also you know again the uh jordan's not under the mavericks control but they have the ability to yeah. pay him more than anybody else right and whereas uh cousins they, they've been playing the cousins dance for five years. Yeah, but here, you know, they, they acquire they acquire you know they they put his little brother on the legends. They've right. uh, acquired various players that mm-hmm. uh, his agent uh, has. You know, right now, uh, but Boogie has never come to to the dance. So uh, uh, that 
And do you want I him at the dance at this I, point? I just think that's a big-time <laughs> dice roll. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I get that. And I guess when I, I should have clarified when I said that, I'm not sure that, you know, there's a legitimate question how much the Mavericks want him back. Uh, but as, as you stated, you know, clearly he has done a lot for the team in a lot of ways, even though he is not what we call – if you're if you're looking for the next wave of of uh, the NBA, if you're looking at what Luca can do and and putting around putting more playmakers around him, uh, DeAndre's a dinosaur uh, from that standpoint as as a center, uh, even with all the good things that he does. But I guess what my uh, you know the point also is I don't know if DeAndre wants to come back. I mean I don't know if at his age he wants to go somewhere where he knows he's going to win. You know uh, right now uh, and instead of having to wait on the Mavericks to get to that point, uh, which I would expect the Mavericks, given the cap space they have, given Luka's progression. To me, this season is a rip-roaring success no matter what happens because they found their next superstar. I, I, I really do believe that. Uh, and, and there was no guarantee that that was ever going to happen, that they were ever going to find another guy that could step in and fill the role that, that Dirk played for this franchise for 21 years. But a player that might actually attract other yeah. key players where Dirk Dirk never did and it's not because anyone disliked Dirk but it's just like it's well, where Dirk. is my scoring going how how am I going to fit in on this yeah a lot of players can see how they would fit in with Luca and it's sure. not like he's not hindering what they're going to be able to bring to the table yeah and I, I would think that this year to me you know we've all taken our shots at uh, Mark Cuban and Donnie for not being able to attract big-name free agents. And to me, it's always been pretty clear, it's just what David said, because Dirk presented such an odd uh, uh, dynamic as a, as a power forward who was not the typical power forward. And also, he was, frankly, just older. And, and I don't know how many players wanted to, say, wanted to come to a team where the best player was in his mid-30s. Uh, I, I think that in just what David said, everybody wants to play for a point, with a point guard who might get them the ball. You know, that's what everybody wants. I don't know if everybody wants to play with James Harden, you know, just because he's going to keep the ball. But but Luca's not necessarily going to do that, and so he's going to give you that dynamic as well. So if if they're going to add, so so I guess going forward, what I'm asking is, that's two players. That's it, and that's if they because and Harrison Barnes has one more year left on his deal. Is that correct? Correct. And I think he's going to make 25 million next year. Right. And I. And I don't know that we've heard that they were, you know, considering trading him. We, we've heard a lot about Wes Matthews. Um, but uh, I don't know how many people would want to take on that $25 million next year either. So let, let's assume that Harrison's going to be back. So, and uh, then if they go out and they get, if they get, uh, and, they, and let's say they keep uh, uh, Jordan, so that gives them one contract they can work with, one big contract that they can give somebody uh, – have you heard anything? Have you gotten any idea? Do you have any personal opinions about guys who could come in next year and make this work? They, they just they need shooters, and you know I I can foresee a scenario where Jordan stays. I mean, why? Uh, yeah, does he want to play for a championship? More than likely, sure. He's going to make more money if he stays here. Um, I think their hope is that Harrison Barnes, over the course of the rest of this year, becomes the three man that they've always needed, but or that they would like to plug in along with Luca. But right now, you're looking at needing a two man and a three man, 
And if Jordan leaves, you're going to need to fill a third role. So they need shooters. I can't give any specific names, but you just got to – you just got to look at who's available in the, in the last year of their contract or maybe somebody they can acquire if they're able to trade Dennis here uh, in, in the next couple of weeks or, or after this season. They, they need two men and three men right now. Yeah. They need, they need shooters. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's interesting development, too, when you think about it. Uh, I, 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 this team has a lot of – you know, when you look at this roster and you look at this team on the floor, I, I, I always look at it like, well, you got Luca and he's terrific. And, and Harrison's good here and there. Uh, and, and, and Jordan certainly is good at what he does. And then everybody else just seems like complimentary parts. I, I see a lot of guys who are very nice pieces. These are all guys you like having on your team, uh, but they're not necessarily guys you want starting on your team. Correct. I, I was uh, ne- negligent to bring this up. Bronson's been a great find. Yeah, he has. And I that's and he was also obviously part of this draft. Number thirty three pick, I think he'd be a first rounder for sure, maybe even like a top twenty pick if if you were to go back and redo that draft. And uh and frankly Maxi Kleba. He he's a great fine. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well I think, like I think four I... and five. But again he's a complimentary player. Yes. But you'd yeah. like to you'd like to you'd like to uh See what he—he's a young guy. Um, you'd like to see him hang around and, and see what can develop. You know, with, with if he's if he's if better players are put around him. Well, he's certainly a great complimentary piece for what Luca does. Yeah, he is, and and that's what and he's athletic, and and you know, he's a, and uh, Max, he's a great shot blocker for a guy. You know, you would never pick him to be a great shot blocker, but he is. Uh, and so, there are things that that these guys do very well. They just need they're 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 close, uh, and and I think to me that's the thing about about uh, Luca is that. He's already playing like he's been in the league four or five years, uh, and and you wonder what is this guy's ceiling? I mean, how much better can he get? Is, is he really just really close to his ceiling, and that's why he's so good, or or is it is there still out there vast untapped potential? Now, clearly, he he could be a better free throw shooter, and that would certainly help. Right, but I don't know what else you know. I don't know what else you really want him to do at this point. Um, he he just he he does everything that you that you would want of a guy, right? And and gosh, here's the probably the maybe the best thing or one of the certainly one of the things that's uh, one of the that's jumped out that's been a little bit overlooked is he's also a clutch player. Oh, so now you also yeah. Yeah. you know now you know who you're more than likely gonna depend on to make the big shots in the last two minutes or as the shot clock is running down. And that can't be, uh, you know, that that's huge going forward. You're talking about having your guy, your Dirk, for the next 10, 15 years uh, if he, you know, knock on wood, stays healthy. Well, that, that's the other thing to me which is so remarkable is that if he doesn't improve one iota from this point going <laughs> forward, which is completely unrealistic to expect of a 19-year-old, but right. if he doesn't improve at all from this point going forward, he's still a guy you're going to build a franchise around. He's still an all star, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and again, just and I don't, I don't think you can under underestimate the amount of of capital he got 
with LeBron James's comment and, and all of the other players who have seen him play and gone against him, just the way they rave about him, they're, they're making it acceptable to join him going forward. They're, they're, they're installing him as a guy that – they're not saying it in as many words, but by the way they talk about this guy, they make it clear that, oh, well, this, this is a guy that you can – you know, you get a couple of other elite players around him – that franchise is going to be the one that you're having to deal with once once the the Golden State Warriors fade. Let me ask you this, Brad do you do you get the sense that uh, that Luca likes it here? Yeah, I do actually, um, and that's actually something I'm hoping to write about in the next couple of weeks. So. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry I gave so that stay up. Stay away from that. Okay. Now, a... you just put our trade secrets out for everybody. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I apologize, Brad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, good. Well, that's that's a good thing to know. Well, uh, yeah, we got we got to wrap this up here. Benjamin's out here circling in his hand. I think he was just saying whoopee, actually, but I don't, I'm not sure what that meant. No, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, Brad, thanks for coming on and talking with us about the, these Mavericks. This is very crazy times, uh, and I know that this is frustrating for a lot of fans. And uh, but you know, uh, my take on this whole season has been. Uh, watching this team play, it's like I don't I don't even know why fans care about the playoffs. If they get in the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice to get, make the playoffs. I'm, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. Oh, I'd like to see Luca in a playoff series at well, a young age and see what he does. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's a great yeah. that's a great point. That's a great point. But but the the thought that, that that anybody's upset about anything that you know to me that you have you have found a a, a guy and. Uh, uh, they they missed on when they and of course they were playing the Bucks and you're watching Antetokounmpo play yeah. and you're and you're thinking oh my gosh this is a guy that the Mavericks you know could yeah. have had famously that John that <laughs> that right. Dottie goes up to Mark and says that or the great quote and uh, and Mark says nah uh, and and you watch that it's like I don't know what I don't know what his wingspan is it looks like it's like nine feet. You know, on the on the floor. But at, at any rate, the thing is, you missed that guy. That you were that close to taking him. You missed that guy. And now, though, because you missed that guy, you got this guy. You know. And I'm not saying I, I think I'd rather have Antetokounmpo than than uh, than Luca too. But Give it boy, a few years and see. Yeah. But maybe maybe in a few years, maybe not. I mean, this this guy yeah. looks like to me like that next generation. He this is like this is Magic Johnson. Yeah, uh, but again, you, you want a selling here. point for elite players to come here, get into playoffs, and yeah, absolutely. If you don't win, do something, right? Or, or, or maybe you know, again, if if you avoid the Golden State in the first round and and somehow pull an upset in the first round, you don't think there would be some elite players saying, "Wow, oh, absolutely, this team is much closer than what I thought." What if I go there now? Well, what, and what's and what's the? Am I right about this? Did I see this on a graphic during the game the other day? Is he third in the All-Star voting? He is, yeah. second in the West. Second in the West uh, behind LeBron. That is, that is yeah. unbelievable. And it's been steady from the start, from the very first. And that's not that Mavericks fans released. are stuffing the ballot box here. No way. No, no it's, uh, you got a lot of overseas yeah. you know, ballots, too. But, I mean, uh, listen, I've been on the road the last couple of weeks uh, with the Mavs, and I've seen enough to where you know, there's autograph seekers outside the hotel, there's autograph seekers outside the game, and – yeah, sure, some of them want Dirk's autograph, but it's uh, yesterday standing outside in the cold in Milwaukee. It was 16 degrees, 12 degrees, 
snowing, and these guys holding up signs, Luca, please come sign. And he actually <laughs> did. He put his stuff on the bus and uh, went out of his way and went to do that. I don't know if he'll be doing that as a five-year vet, but it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, you know, this hand-wringing kind that you were referring to earlier as we were closing up, or I thought we were closing up, but, uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, Mavericks fans expect more. That is a good thing. That is, means that expectations have been raised, and rightfully so. And that's part of the business, and it's, it's, that's the upside of having a player of Dontrich's caliber. It raises expectations, and uh, the Mavericks should embrace that. Absolutely. Brad Townsend, thanks for coming on with us, man. You're great. We embrace you, Brad Townsend. We, do. we would give you we a just big want you to hug. Know that. We give you a big hug if you were right here. Oh, thanks so much. I can feel it. All right. All right, Brad. We'll see you. All right, there goes Brad Townsend, everybody. Reluctantly, maybe, uh, but there he goes. Uh, I think he reluctantly came on. I think he <laughs> maybe that's what he it was. Happily hung up. <laughs> yes. He was hoping we'd hang up a little sooner. Uh, so anyway, no, that was good stuff from Brad talking about all this. I just I'm fascinated by all of this. It's you know, it, it seems like such a huge screw up. This whole thing with Dennis, you know. And about, you know, what are you doing here? It's, at some point, I even felt like that when this story got out. The fact it went public was a huge, I mean, that, that, yes. does, that does neither side a service. It almost, I didn't ask Brad this, but it almost makes you feel like somebody did it on purpose, trying to blow this up. Yeah. You know, it makes it feel like, hey, okay, well, yeah, we'll put it out there. And then look, see, we couldn't get anybody for him. So mm-hmm. we couldn't do it. Uh, because I'm like you, uh, and I, I'm, I'm reluctant to point this out, but this is what I wrote last week was that I'm, why not, why not just keep this guy for the rest of the year? Yeah. Why not just see how this works out? Hey, it's just one season. Holy cow. Yeah. Let's see. Yes. You have to get through this little phase with Dennis and him being unhappy, but maybe he can, maybe if it gets going and, you know, cause they really haven't played a lot of games together, you know, no, they maybe, haven't. maybe if he gets going, that he could go, oh, you know what? We could make this work, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Because here's the thing with, with Dennis. I, I see the shortcomings. I see the fact that the ball is better coming through Luca's hands than it is coming through Dennis's. But Dennis is also a unique talent, you know. He's got, no got big-time athletic ability. I, I, I think his return will be aided by the fact that Berea is not out there. So yeah. he will get More some time. of those minutes that he wouldn't have otherwise. And, yeah. and it's, uh, and again, everyone is invested to make this work with Dennis in the short term for both of them to get what they want in the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Benjamin's really waving us off now. So it, we want to thank everybody for listening. We had a Cowboys podcast in which we talked about uh, not only the Cowboys and their offensive coordinator search, but also a little bit of commentary on that crazy NFC championship game. Uh, and then how in the world we can let uh, officials uh, do that when we can pursue technology that makes it all simpler. Uh, and, uh, and then also, of course, we talked about the Mavericks and what they're doing here. Make sure you uh, tune in on uh, YouTube. Uh, we're, we're available there. I think our, our last episode was over 5 million views. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. 50 million. Might have been 5,000. You know, I get, I get those numbers. Plus numbers up. I saw, yeah. Yeah. 50,000. I get the 50 million. 50 million. If the Mavericks cast space is 50,000, they're in real trouble. <laughs> they're in real trouble. So, anyway, for, for David Moore and for myself and for everybody in here, to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mavericks Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.